I'm not going to preach long tonight, but I do feel something on my heart. I've felt it for a while, and I want to take your attention to that very verse that they were singing about in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, verse 18. Thank you again, Sister Jane. Thank you, church family, for the way that you treated us tonight, for the honor. I really, really appreciate it. I want to give a shout out real quick. Mother, Mother Melba wanted me to tell y'all that the Trudy's Kids auction, the dinner and auction yesterday was incredibly successful. They, they brought in $5,220, I think it was, whatever, $25, 55, $5,255. Sister Melba knew it was $5,200. Vicki knows the number. $5,255. Thank y'all so much. It was awesome. And it's exciting to be part of that. Uh, notice the playground over on the left-hand side when you go out. That's just the um, beginning of the Trudy's Kids playground. It's going, there's going to be a sign posted out there with Trudy's picture on it. It'll be in her honor. Uh, it's going to be, Pastor Nick showed you the site plan for it last Sunday. It's going to be nice. And uh, we're very excited about it. And give honor to Sister Melba and, and all of her family. Y'all need something done. There's some get-her-done kind of people in this congregation. They will get it done. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, verse 18, the Apostle Paul writes, and he says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Bible is specific and Paul is specific in his wording when he makes that statement, we're changed into the same image, the image of the revelation, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. But I want to talk to you tonight on two simple words that we use regularly, the word from and the word to. The word from and the word to. God is taking us from and to. God bless you as you're seated in Jesus' name. Let me read this one more time as you're seated. Look at the scripture. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This morning we used the passage of Scripture in John, John 1, verse 14, and I've used this over and over in my life in preaching. But in John 1, verse 14, the Bible says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is talking of Jesus, and you and I are well aware of that. We beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We also use the passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, where Paul writes to us, and he says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made us free from the law of sin and death. But when we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, it's kind of a convergence, a combination of those two verses of John 1, 14 and Romans 8, 2. 
When Paul says, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. There are some words that stand out. The word freedom. Everybody say freedom. Liberty. Everybody say liberty. So what the Old Testament or what the law of the Old Testament portrayed us being, what the law of the Old Testament had instructed for us to become, what the Old Testament portrayed us being, the Spirit of God helps us to become. The picture is painted of the righteous people, the godly people, the ones whose lives reflect the the nature of God, the holiness of God, reflecting the love of God, the mercy of God, the way that God would be. The Old Testament is setting that up in the law that was given, but what the, the law of the Old Testament portrayed us being, the Spirit of God helps us to become that. It is by the Spirit of God that we receive revelation of who he is. We see that. It's by the Spirit of God that we receive this revelation of his greatness, of his holiness, of his majesty, of his nature. It's by the Spirit of God we receive revelation of who he is. But it's also by that same Spirit that we are changed into what we have seen. God shows us what we are to become and then he empowers us to become what he has shown us that he would will for us to become. Do you all understand that? It's not difficult. It's rather, it's really actually a simple principle. It's like I'm drawing you a picture. This is how I want you to be. And and that's the word of God and that is how Jesus is in and of himself. But by ourselves and our own righteousness, we're left frustrated. We're unable to do that. We can't accomplish what the word has painted for us to be. But by that same spirit that brings us revelation, we also receive power to become what God has portrayed that he wants us to be. Do we understand that? Because the quicker we understand, the quicker I can be be finishing. Y'all can go to Wendy's. So the Spirit of God has given us revelation, and also then the Spirit of God empowers us to become what he's revealed. The Amplified Bible says it this way, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That just simply means emancipation from bondage. It means true freedom. And we all with unveiled face continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So here it is, bottom line, the Spirit freed me. The Spirit has showed me. The Spirit is working in me. The Spirit is changing me. And the Spirit is taking me from glory to glory. You ought to clap your hands to the Lord just one more time. Hallelujah. 
Our prayer here is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. He wants us to know Jesus and he wants us to make Jesus known. And the way that's going to happen is not by us religiously following a checklist of do's and don'ts in the church, but of being filled with the Spirit of God and then tomorrow morning get up and pray to be filled with the Spirit of God again and we lay our head tonight or tomorrow night and pray, God, fill me with your Spirit. I don't want to go into church on Sunday night and feel your spirit and walk out and go be carnal next week I want to be filled with your spirit because the world needs to see Jesus and I want to be that reflection so we go from to it's my first point maybe the only one from to as a child of God we realize that we are not in this world as vagabonds. That means a wanderer. We're pilgrims. And we're not wandering aimlessly through this life. We are with focus advancing. We have a purpose. We see in our life that God has brought us from death to life. God has brought us from lost to found. God has brought us from darkness to light. God has brought us from sin to salvation. And God has brought us from a wretched sinner to being a redeemed saint. We see an indication of that in Luke chapter 15. Jesus is teaching the story of the, the prodigal. And from the father's words about the prodigal, you're going to find something that is an indication of where all of us are. Or were. In Luke 15, 20, the prodigal son arose, came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And his son began to make his rehearsed speech. He'd rehearsed this down in the hog pen. And he, he looks at him and he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to the servants, Bring forth the best robe. And put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Let me just stop right there for a minute. Aren't you thankful when you came to God you didn't get what you deserved? How many of you know that when we came humbly before the Lord and we repented of our sins, we deserved to be taken care of, taken out behind the building and beat over the way we had been. But God in his great mercy, wherein he loved us, he said, come on, I'm not going to treat you the way you deserve to be treated. I'm going to show you grace. I'm going to give you my mercy. Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, put shoes on his feet. This is my son. He is somebody. He's not going to work with the servants. He's going to wear the ring that signifies he's got my family name. He's going to have shoes on his feet. He's going to have a robe on his back. He's not a servant. He's a son. And then bring hither the fatty calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. And I love this next verse because it sums it up. Verse 24, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began 
to be merry. You see, that's our God. That's our Savior. We go from was to is. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was a hell-bound sinner. Now I'm a heaven-bound saint. I was in bondage, but now I'm free. I moved from was to is by the grace of God. Oh, let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. But the story of redemption doesn't change when we get in the house. And that's the message. I'm only going to preach just a few more minutes, but that's the message that God sent me to bring to you tonight. Because we rejoice over the fact that we're out of the bar and in the church. We rejoice over the fact that you're not going to find us in the meth house. You're going to find us in the church house. But the story of redemption is not just getting out and getting in because getting in is just the start point. The story of redemption doesn't change because we got in the house. The story of the redeemed child of God is one of advancement, one of progress, one of ongoing change. So it's not just from darkness to light. It's to walking in the light to moving and operating and functioning in the light that he's brought us into. Or as the word of God says, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, we go from faith to faith. Paul writes in Romans 1 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 1.17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Look at your neighbor and say, from faith to faith. You see, it starts with faith for salvation. But faith for salvation, once we're in the house, how many of you is in the house tonight? I mean, he's out of the hog pen and in the house. So faith for salvation is also now going to be faith for living. Faith for coming out is also faith for walking in. From beginning baby step faith to mature nothing can shake me faith. You're in the house. Now it's time to start appertaining the things that belong to us as a child of God. So we go from faith to faith, from faith, because the just lives by his faith. And the same faith that said, I believe that the Lord will forgive me of my sin and cleanse me is the same faith that says the God that brought me out is going to take me where I need to go. And I believe that with everything within me. We go from faith to faith. We go from glory to glory. We read the scripture. Paul says, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. But not only that, we go from strength to strength. The psalmist writes to us in Psalm 84 verse 5. Do we have a glitch? Because the scriptures aren't popping up. Is there a glitch, Spencer? So in 80, Psalm 84, verse 5, 
Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. Everybody say from glory to glory. Everybody say from faith to faith. Everybody say from strength to strength. I want you to notice in Psalm 84 and verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in the Lord, whose heart is in the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. Pause right there just a moment. The psalmist said passing through. He's giving us the strong message that this is a transition. This is not a place that we're staying. He's passing through the valley of Baca. The valley of Baca is a place of weeping. Y'all with me? He's passing through this place of weeping. Let me stop here for a moment and remind somebody of the word of God that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. He's passing through a place of weeping, but the psalmist said he makes it a well. When passing through this transitional place, he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop in the place of mourning or sorrow or weeping. He makes it a well. He makes the valley better. He says, I'm coming out of this valley, but while I'm here, I'm going to put a change on this valley. How many of you know today is a spirit-led child of God trusting in the Lord that even in your dark time, you can change the circumstance, the situation, the environment that you're in. It says we go from strength to strength. That just simply means they will continue to grow stronger and stronger and then appear before God. The wise man in Proverbs 4.18 says, but the path of the just is a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. In Job 17, 9, the righteous also shall hold on his way, and he that hath clean hands shall be stronger and stronger. It's not something I'm just trying to make up to get you worked up. It's simply something that's a principle of the Word of God. The from to principle is right there in Scripture. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Our foundation, our reason why, is because of who God is. And undergirding us is the fact that He is from everlasting to everlasting. Psalm 41, 13, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen and amen. I'm not worried about living in the 21st century. I don't know that there's ever been a crazier period of time. I don't know. I'm not worried about being in the 21st century and I'm not worrying about pastoring in the 21st century. Because the God that was with the apostles is the God that is with us today. The God that was with my grandmothers, both my grandmothers, Grandma Graves and Grandma Beecham, the God that was with them in the times of the brush arbor is the same God that is with us today. 
Bible tells us in Psalm 90 verse 1, Moses said this, he said, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or ever thou thou had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. And then the psalmist said in Psalm 103, 13, as the father or like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him, for he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as the flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it's gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to them that fear him, and his righteousness unto the children's children. To such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. Everybody say, from, to. The second thing. And we're going to start tying this together. It's an old saying. It just simply says, keep on keeping on. Y'all ever said that? And those of you that haven't said it, you've heard it. Keep on keeping on. You see, from to is about leaving and pressing. Paul writes to us in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. He said that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, Whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and let us mind the same thing. Poke your neighbor and say, keep on keeping on. And then the third thing. There's a story, a summary of the history of the children of God in Psalm 78. And this is my third and final thing I want to leave with you. In Psalm 78, it's a long psalm. Let me get a little, hey, baby. Y'all, y'all start coming back up. It's a long song. How many of you read the Bible through? How many of you read, you use the principle of reading five psalms a day? Mom does that. That's what I'm doing at the moment. And how many of you, when you get to the long psalms, you just kind of scan How many of you have read Psalm 119, word for word? Four of you. Bonnie has. It'll take you all day long, almost. 176 verses. Well, Psalm 78 is one of those long ones. But if you would look at the detail, in Psalm 78, it begins to tell you the whole story of the deliverance of the children of Israel. God delivered his people from bondage and led them to the promised land. But there are two words, two names of locations that are given. I want to close with this. Psalm 78 verse 10, it's talking about the people of God. 
and how that even after God had done what he did for them, they had a tendency to forget. In Psalm 78.10, they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shewed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and he caused them to pass through and made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and at night with the light of fire. He claved the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought the streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the most high in the wilderness. Psalm 78 describes God's working on behalf of his people. He made a covenant with them. He brought them out. He was with them. He was leading them. He gave them purpose. But Psalm 78, it mentions a location called Zoan. The name Zoan is mentioned. I read it to you there in verse 12. But it's mentioned again as you read on into the chapter. 78 and 12 reads this again. Let me read it. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. And then in verse 43, how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan and had turned their waters or their rivers into blood and their, and, and their floods that they could not drink. This is the plagues. He's talking about the plagues that hit Egypt. He sent divers sorts of flies among them which devoured them and frogs which destroyed them. Zoan. Zoan is a fertile area in Egypt. It's an area. The only thing mentioned in Scripture that is older than Zoan was Hebron. And Zoan is this fertile area in Egypt. But every name in Scripture has a meaning. And the meaning of Zoan is just simply migration or motion. Motion or migration. Zoan was a fertile place, but Zoan was in Egypt. It represents the best that the world had to offer. And with the name Zoan, just simply meaning motion for a child of God, it indicates a place to leave God's place that he had intended for them was not Zoan no matter how fertile it was and no matter how beautiful the area might have been God's intention for them was not as light and saw those well watered plains towards Sodom a lot of times what looks beautiful is going to be detrimental to a child of God and it was not God's intention for them to be in a place that was a place of movement or migration. Because as you go on and read the rest of the psalm, you find in Psalm 78, beginning at verse 68, that he chose the tribe of Judah, the Mount Zion, which he loved. In Psalm 78, 69, he built his sanctuary like high palaces, like the earth which he had established forever. He chose David also his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. 
from following the ewes great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. God says, you're leaving Zoan. I'm choosing for you, Zion. God has taken us from our Zoan, and he's taking us to our Zion. Zion was the mountain. Zion simply means fortress, security. Zion doesn't mean motion. It's right the opposite. A one-word definition for Zion is actually monument. God wants to take us from what was movement or instability to a place of security, to a place of establishment. Would you stand with me right now? That's what Peter told us as he's writing to us. First Peter chapter 5, and he talks to us about our struggle. And he tells us that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Or pardon me, that's what Paul said. I'll get my scripture right. Peter says that we, we're battling, we're fighting. He tells us there that we're struggling against that, that lion that goeth about seeking whom he may devour. And he tells us we resist him steadfast in the faith. Steadfast in the faith. But then he goes on to say in 1 Peter chapter 5, that the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. God has pulled you from a place of instability, of motion, of movement. And God is leading you to a place of settledness, of being established, of being strong. I feel like God wants you to receive something tonight. And I know this has been an extremely simple message that I brought to you this evening. But God's brought you from where you were. And He's got a progressing plan for your life to take you further, to move you from glory to glory, from glory to glory. I wonder, say, sing it one more time, if we could just finish this service out by coming around the front, lifting our hands to the Lord and say, come on, Lord, I want you to take me. Take me from glory to glory. Take me higher. Take me further on in you. Help me to advance according to your will. In your name, in Jesus' name.